Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon, at 88.7 on your FM dial, and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this evening's show, we're going to whoop it up, burn things up, hear the latest buzz, and after not having any birthday celebrations for several weeks, we'll mark the natal anniversaries of Bernice Petkier and Al Goodman. Sadly, Stan Laurel's daughter, Lois, passed away a couple of weeks ago, just short of her 90th birthday. Unfortunately, I never had the chance to meet her, but from all accounts, she was one of the nicest people on the planet. In the online discussions about her and her dad's work with Oliver Hardy, listener Dave mentioned the famous quote where Oscar Wilde asks Sarah Bernhardt, Do you mind if I smoke? Her reply, I don't care if you burn. He mentioned it because the joke was used by Laurel and Hardy in a couple of different short films and also by Jackie Gleason, who was a huge fan of Laurel and Hardy, in an episode of The Honeymooners. Well, I hope you don't mind if we burn, figuratively of course. Here's Texas Bill Day. Thank you. 
Definitely hot enough to melt ice, Jelly Roll Morton and his Red Hot Peppers with Burnin' the Iceberg, a Morton original from July 9, 1929. Before that, the Tennessee Tudors burning up the airwaves with You're Burnin' Me Up from their last recording session on September 20, 1926. The Tennessee Tudors was a vocalion studio band comprised of New York musicians who played in hotels and ballrooms at night, but who freelanced during the day. The group made 24 sides over the 21 months they were together. The personnel was fluid, but included Red Nichols and Miff Mole. Originally under the direction of Harry Reeser on banjo and saxophonist Benny Kruger, this session was directed by Louis Katzman, but did include Harry Reeser and trumpeter Chelsea Queeley. Your Burnin' Me Up was written by Billy Frisch, Roy Berger, and Ross Gorman. We started off that incendiary set with Texas Bill Day, accompanying himself on piano on Burn the Trestle Down, recorded by a Columbia Field unit in Dallas, Texas, on December 4, 1929. And despite the last line of that song where Bill Day beats the train to the crossing, remember, there's never a tie at the crossing. Texas Bill Day recorded six sides for Columbia, but virtually nothing is known about him. The guitarist on that record was Coley Jones, who co-wrote Burn the Trestle Down with Bill Day. Jones was born in Texas in the late 1880s into a musical family and played mandolin and guitar. By 1903, he was living in Dallas, where he remained until at least the end of 1929. Beginning in December of 1929, Jones recorded for Columbia as a solo act, and he was also in demand as a session musician. Coley Jones was associated with a group called the Satisfied Five, formed around 1924 by Carl and Fred Murphy. By 1927, it was known as Coley Jones and his Satisfied Five, and performed live over radio station WFAA, located in the Baker Hotel in Mineral Springs, Texas. The luxurious 14-story Baker Hotel opened in 1929, and at one time Guy Lombardo played in the Cloud Room on the top floor. The hotel closed in 1972, but the building is still there, as are plans for a $60 million restoration. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. A couple of weeks ago, I went to Catalina on business, and when my colleague picked me up by boat in Avalon, I noticed she had most of her forearm wrapped in an ace bandage. Of course, I asked what had happened, thinking it would be some minor sprain, but she said she'd been stung by a bee. Well, it turns out she wasn't stung by a bee at all, but by a yellow jacket. Yellow jackets are sometimes referred to as meat bees because they're attracted to protein and sugar, but they're actually wasps. They've always been a problem to varying degrees at our facilities on the island, but this summer they're particularly abundant and aggressive, and a number of staff have received very painful stings. So with best wishes to all of our staff on the island, particularly those who have had a run-in with a yellow jacket, here's a set of rapidly rotating records having to do with bees, beginning with Arthur Askey. Hello, playmates. And now, for no reason at all, I'm going to sing you a little song that made me famous. Uh, the song that I made famous, well, anyway, one of us is very good, and I entitle it The Bee. Oh, what a glorious thing to be, a healthy, grown-up, busy, busy bee, filing away the passing hours, pinching all the pollen from the cauliflowers. I'd like to be a busy, busy bee, being just as busy as a bee can be, flying round the garden, the sweetest ever seen, taking back the honey to the dear old queen. Bzz, 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 honey bee, honey bee, bzz, if you like, but don't sting me. Bzz, 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 honey bee, honey bee, bzz, if you like, but don't sting me. What a glorious thing to be, a healthy, grown-up, busy, busy bee. Making hay while time is ripe, building up the honeycomb just like tripe. I'd like to be a busy, busy bee, being just as busy as a bee can be. Flying all around the wild hedgerows, stinging all the cows upon the parson's nose. Honey bee, honey bee, bzz, if you like, but don't sting me. Honey bee, honey bee, bzz, if you like, but don't sting me. Same bee. Bzz. Oh, 
know what a glorious thing to be A healthy grown-up busy busy bee Visiting the picnics quite a little tease Raising little lumps about the Boy Scouts knees I'd like to be a busy busy bee Being just as busy as a bee can be Flirting with a butterfly strong upon the wing Whoopee, oh death what is thy sting Bzz, 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 honeybee, honeybee bzz, If you like, but don't sting me bzz, 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 honeybee, honeybee bzz, If you like, sting me <laughs> Silly bee song, isn't it? Oh, what a glorious thing to be An nice obedient busy busy bee To be a good bee one must contrive For bees in a beehive must be hive But maybe I wouldn't be a bee Bees are all right when alive, you see When bees die, you really should see them Pinned on a card in the Mookie Museum Honeybee, honeybee, bzz, if you like, but roasting me Honeybee, honeybee, I must buzz off if you like, but don't sting me.
we started that apiary set with the English comedian and actor big-hearted Arthur Askey and the Bee Song, which was an integral part of his act for many years. Accompanying Askey on that April 28, 1938 recording was pianist Kenneth Blaine, who wrote the Bee Song. That was followed by Junie Cobb's hometown band with a catchy little number, Chicago Buzz, written by Jimmy Blythe and Val Stevens. That Paramount 78 was made in Chicago in August of 1926. Junie Cobb and Johnny Dodds played clarinet, Tiny Parham tickled the ivories, and on banjo, Eustern Woodfork, who is also heard on several recordings with Harry Dial's Bluesitions. And we finished up with No One But You from an OK 78 made in New York in April of 1926. There's a 1918 No One But You, composed by Rudolf Frimmel, and there's a 1931 No One But You, written by Ed Kirkaby and Lou Coby, but I don't know who wrote this waltz tune. So what does No One But You have to do with bees? Well, it was performed there by the Yellow Jackets. Last week I mentioned a song co-written in 1906 by Dan Sullivan called Miss Pocahontas, an Indian war whoop in two whoops. And you've probably already figured out that for this segment of the show we're going to whoop it up. Here's Curtis Mosby and his Dixieland Blue Blowers. Come 
morning on my way to school. Early one morning on my way to school. Early one morning I broke my mother's rule.
Steppers, a triple R debut for Floyd Ming and his Pep Steppers Orchestra. That was the country dance Indian war whoop, written by Floyd Ming. That Victor 78, number 21294, was recorded at the Memphis Auditorium in Memphis, Tennessee, on February 13, 1928. There wasn't really a Floyd Ming. The group consisted of Hoyt Ming on fiddle, his wife Roselle on guitar, and brother Troy on mandolin. Hoyt Ming was born in Choctaw County, Mississippi on October 6, 1902, and most of the kids in the family played instruments. The Ming family band played at parties around the area, and in 1928 auditioned for Victor talent scout Ralph Peer, who was so impressed he took the group to Memphis where they recorded Indian War Whoop. Peer had a habit of changing the names of tunes and of artists, and so Hoyt Ming became Floyd Ming on the record label. And it's Hoyt Ming that you hear doing the hollerin', which was a thing among old-time fiddlers, each having his own distinct whoop. Hoyt Ming's full-time job was as a potato farmer, but the group managed to play at fairs, picnics, fiddle contests, and dances throughout the 30s, but by the late 50s they had stopped playing. In 1972 they were rediscovered by producer David Freeman and played a few festivals and concerts, made an album, and even made an uncredited appearance in the 1976 film Ode to Billy Joe. Before Floyd Ming, or Hoyt Ming, it was Arthur Montana Taylor, who was indeed born in Butte, Montana, in 1903. When Arthur was around eight, the family moved to Indianapolis, where he learned piano, and in 1923 began playing professionally. He made four issued sides in Chicago in two sessions on April 22nd and 23rd, 1929. We heard whoop and holler stomp with the Jazoo boys from the first session. Soon after, he disappeared, but was rediscovered in 1946 and made a couple of records and some radio broadcast recordings. Montana Taylor died in Cleveland, Ohio in 1958. We started off with Curtis Mosby and his Dixieland Blue Blowers and a terrific record, Whoop 'em Up Blues, recorded by Columbia in Los Angeles on October 14, 1927. You gotta love any record with a turkey-gobbling trombone, in this case played by Ashford Hardy. Whoop 'em Up Blues was written by W.P. Barnett. Now just try and name another vintage music radio program anywhere on the planet where you're going to get that degree of vital information other than right here on Rapidly Rotating Records. I'm Glenn Robison, and we're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7 KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all, online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on iTunes as a podcast and part of the Global Community Radio Network. We've not celebrated a birthday on the show in weeks. There's no particular reason for that dearth of birthday celebrations, but it ends right now, because last week, August 11th, marked the birth in 1901 in Chicago of the Queen of Tin Pan Alley, Bernice Petkier, P-E-T-K-E-R-E. She began her show business career at age five with an aunt in a vaudeville act called Baby Dolls. She studied voice at the Henshaw Conservatory in Chicago and taught herself to play piano well enough to land a job with Watterson, Berlin, and Snyder, music publishers in New York. She started writing songs while still a teenager but didn't publish her first song, Starlight Help Me Find the One I Love, until 1931. It was good enough to be recorded by Bing Crosby. Bernice married Fred Behrens, the music director at CBS, and worked composing theme music for radio shows, after which she became musical secretary to Irving Berlin. She moved to Los Angeles in the late 30s to write film scores, and she collaborated on the story and screenplay for the film Sabotage Squad. Bernice Petkir died in Los Angeles on January 7, 2000, at age 98. She's most famous for two Tin Pan Alley standards, both written in minor keys, Close Your Eyes, for which she wrote the lyrics, and Lullaby of the Leaves, with the lyrics by Joe Young. Other of her compositions include By a Rippling Stream, The Lady I Love, and Did You Mean What You Said Last Night. Bernice had her own birthday tribute three years ago, but here are three rapidly rotating records which weren't played in that segment.
Mississippi shore, my river home. I see a light through the pines that shines on a rickety door. The latch is always open, breezes kiss my river home. They never seem to miss my river home. I love that sweet serenade while under the shade of the trees. I'm seeing the steamers, hearing the whistles, watching the paddles turning in the deep. I'm hearing the darkies down the levee singing in rhythm, hallelujah, how in the world can I sleep? Gazing in my baby's eyes, they're always blazing like the river skies. Oh, tell me, why did I roam away from my old river home? Caressing the shore, familiar to me, I've heard it before. That's our land, don't I feel it in my soul? And don't I know I've reached my goal? Oh, sing me to sleep, lullaby of the Thank you. 
off, here comes a lady. Acha and Haiti, Haiti. She's like sugar, so refined, that sweet and lovely kind. Hats off and get respectful. Lay off, don't waste a checkbook. She won't go out all alone, don't dial her telephone. The way she drinks her debitaf, there's a million dollars worth of class. Anytime you see her pass, none of your wisecracks, neighbor. Hats off, here comes a lady. Hats off, I don't mean maybe. How do I know that she's a lady? Wasn't I with her last night? in his orchestra with Bernice Petkier's tune, Hats Off, Here Comes a Lady. Parker Gibbs sang the Joe Young lyrics on that September 19, 1932 Victor recording. Petkier and Young also collaborated on Lullaby of the Leaves, which we heard by Harold Van Emberg with Adrian Schubert in his orchestra on a Crown 78 made in March or April of 1932. And we began our tribute to Bernice Petkier with yet another Petkier-Young collaboration, Chick Bullock and his levee loungers with My River Home, from a perfect 78 made November 12, 1932. And guess what? In addition to Bernice Petkier for this final segment of the show, we've got another birthday to celebrate, that of composer, pianist, arranger, and bandleader Al Goodman, born August 12, 1890 in Ukraine. Around 1895, the family emigrated to the U.S. and settled in Baltimore, Maryland, where Alfred graduated from Baltimore High School and won a scholarship to the Peabody Conservatory of Music, where he studied piano. In 1916, he met Earl Carroll and collaborated on his musical, So Long Letty. In 1919, he co-produced Sinbad with Al Jolson and its Goodman's arrangements that are heard in the soundtrack of The Jazz Singer. He worked as musical director on many Broadway productions, conducting more than 150 opening night performances. Goodman was also musical director for a number of network radio shows, including the Ziegfeld Follies of the Air, the Palmolive Beauty Box Theater, Your Hit Parade, and The Fred Allen Show. He also worked in television and was the musical director for NBC's musical variety show, The Colgate Comedy Hour. Al Goodman has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in the 6300 block of Hollywood Boulevard, and he died in New York City on January 10, 1972. His popular song compositions include I Came, I Saw, I Fell, Someone, A Baby in Love, and These.
What a great way to end the show. And I suspect you're going to be humming that tune the rest of the day. Sam Lennon and his orchestra with the Promenade Walk, written by Al Goodman, J. Fred Coots, and Maury Rubens. That record will be celebrating its 92nd birthday in exactly two weeks, having been recorded by Columbia in New York on August 27, 1925. Before that, Paul Whiteman and his orchestra, November 15, 1922, with When Hearts Are Young. Al Goodman and Sigmund Romberg wrote the tune, and there are words which were written by Cyrus Wood. We began our tribute to Al Goodman with the Atlantic Dance Orchestra, an Edison House band, with Caroline, from March 20, 1923. Caroline is from the three-act Broadway musical comedy Caroline, which opened at the Ambassador Theater on January 31, 1923, and ran until June 9th. It takes place just after the Civil War at the old Calhoun Mansion near Richmond, Virginia. This Caroline, however, is not to be confused with the 1927 Caroline, written by Wilmoth Houdini. I'm Glenn Robison, and you've been listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week. And as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. Thank you.